Want a smoother contour and more youthful-looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger-looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers, based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And welcome back to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. I'm here with uh, Lamar Stevens, forward for the the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Uh, and previously we've interviewed, uh, both coach JB and, uh, Mike Ganzi, uh, both of them spoke with you, spoke about you with, uh, with the highest affection. So brother, first off, thank you for, uh, for joining me. I know this is the first day of practice for you guys as you enter into the, uh, 2022, 2023, uh, season. Um, you pretty excited to kick it back off? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, I'm going into my third year, um, uh, you know, we have a great group of guys, great group of coaches leading the way for us. So I'm excited about the year for us. Good. You, one of the things is we're doing research and I, I found this so funny is uh, probably people, a lot of people don't know that you are a published author as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I, uh, I wrote a children's book when uh, my senior year of college um, with, you know, six, uh, six kids in the community that, um, <clears throat> they have uh, been diagnosed with Down syndrome. We did a lot of uh, work with, you know, Special Olympics and uh, this thing called the Buddy Walk. So, you know, over my four years, I was able to develop a great relationship with them. So uh, when my senior year, me and uh, our our PR guy, PJ Mullen, uh, got together and we just came up with a great idea just, you know, through the relationship that we had with those kids. So. And the reason I bring this up is, uh, and I read the reason why you did the book and all the work that you did at Penn State. Um, where did this this service to others come from? Where was that that taught to you? Where was that built in? Because I'm sure that plays into from both coach and the GM that you're one of the most team oriented guys they've ever coached. Yeah, I think it uh, it goes you know starts with my parents. Um, I've just watched you know my mom and my dad just always constantly you know give back and, you know, reach a lending hand to family or friends. And, you know, that's just kind of, you know, you know, what we established as a family of, you know, who we are, you know, we work really hard and then we just give back. Uh, and, you know, that's something I've taken pride in. And also I think coach Chambers, when I was at Penn state helped me, uh, you know, really step into that leadership role and just try to be that example, um, you know, as, as best as I could. That, that, that is amazing. So rarely do you hear about in collegiate sports or professional sports where a young player sets the culture in a a specific uh, direction. And and I've, in fact, I've never heard of that story uh, whatsoever, but you've come up, not come up with, but you've had this, this mentality, which you call the JYD, the junkyard dog mentality in the Cavs and the the, the organization have grabbed that to the point where you guys 
pass out the, the, the junkyard dog chain yeah. with, with a set of values, man. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta explain this for the listeners where this developed, why you love that mantra so, so much yeah. and how you brought that to the, uh, to the calves. Um, I think it's, again, it goes back to something I learned when I was in college and it's kind of just like controlling what you can control. Like you can't really necessarily control if everyone makes shots every night or if the person you're guarding is going to make shots, but you know, you can always control your, you know, your energy, your effort and your attitude. And those things that I, try to make sure I bring every single day because at the end of the day, that's all I can control. And I think, you know, just being a dog is something that I take pride in. Um, and kind of, you know, just, I think, you know, especially in the NBA, if we have a team full of guys that just can believe in that um, and, you know, really pulling in the same direction and, you know, fighting for the same thing, I think that that puts together a really incredible team. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy how far, you know, that's come something I'm definitely appreciative for and didn't know it was going to be taken this far. Um, but yeah, I take uh, extreme pride in just controlling, you know, what I can control. And I think that's something that every day I can. It's almost your, it's like you're preaching stoicism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you had no idea how, you know, how far it would come. I mean, you guys are, right. are doing the dog call yeah. uh, <laughs> before, during and, uh, and after games. Uh, right. Do, do you view yourself as a leader, regardless of how many years you have in the, uh, the league, I mean, do uh, you see yourself as that driving force to pick the guys up when they're, they're down? Uh, I think I consider myself a leader because I just, I mean, I just want the best for everybody. And I think I've developed that relationship with the guys that, you know, they know, like I might get on you. I may like call you out or, you know, talk trash to you, but you know, it's all love. And I really just want the best for, you know, everybody on the team. So, um, I, I think that I could consider myself a leader. Yeah, damn right. And, and what you just described, I often talk about, um, a lot of people get it wrong in the military that they think we, you know, we bark at people and just, they run off and do things. It's actually, we, we lead through love. Right. What you just described, I talk about to companies a lot is, uh, the highest form of compassion right. uh, is accountability. Yeah. But you just like, I may get on you because that, that's because I know you're, you're better than that. And I love you. And I want right. to see you, you put out. Um, so, that I mean, this is it, it makes me smile. The fact that, regardless of where you're at in an organization, I think the, the the thing to take away for our listeners is you can impact an organization, whether you're the team captain, uh, or, or or sitting on the bench, or or even uh, behind the scenes supporting the team. Yeah. You make an impact. Yeah, and that's yeah. And I mean, I came in pretty much like in uh, for everybody else's terms, like and as a walk on kind of like as the. 17th guy on the on the roster out of 17 um, from the first day that I got here coming in on a two-way contract. And, um, you know, just over the years, you know, just meeting the great people that here, I just was able to beat myself. And that's just, you know, something I took pride in, you know, coming from college, being the number one guy to now the next year. Now I'm like the last guy on the totem pole. Was It was a humbling experience, but it helped me. Like, I felt like to be a leader, you have to – also, you know, be able to do the work um, and show, you know, like you're not going to always be the top guy and you got to work your way up. And, and and that's just something I really took pride in. Well, the top guy by himself uh, will lose. Right. Uh, but a team, hot damn, it's amazing what we can do when we, when we work or part of a team. Absolutely. So I, I was going to bring that up. You, you know, you called it a walk on. You went undrafted, but then you walked on with the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers on that, that contract. In a Penn State, you were dependent not only to defend, but to put some serious points on the board. Yeah. And 
to, to my understanding, what I've been told, the, you know, Cleveland looked at you and said, we need you to be the best defensive player. The one that, that, you know, the best players in the league that have to go up against you would be like, damn, Lamar's right. guarding me, man. Yeah. What, what sort of, when they asked you that, what was the mentality? Uh, what was your approach to that? Uh, just to really be, you know, what the team needed. Um, I think that like everybody has a role and, you know, just trying to buy into being the best at what was asked of me um, to just help the team win was something I took real pride in. And, um, you know, that's what got me on the floor. So um, that was something like, and that was what JB asked of me. That was Mike Gansey asked me and Kobe. Um, so, you know, that was my role. That's still my role. And I, you know, that's just my, what I have to do for our team right now. So Have you learned to love that though? I'll learn to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've completely changed my game because I really didn't play much defense at all at Penn State, like until like the fourth quarter when they would switch me on to the yep. best player. Um, but now it's like from the jump, like I want to stop everybody. What, what is that like now that you have a reputation of you don't care right. who you're going against in the league? You're, you're going to give them hell. Um, I mean, I think that's like I said, it's something I really enjoy, like and something it's just. I think it's just constant learning. Like, um, I think felt like my first year was just natural ability, just being athletic, and you know. But the more I've studied the game, the more I've like dived into becoming a de- better defender. It's it's a fun process, and you know, trying to stop some of the best scorers in the league and or in the world. Um, and it's like a chess match. So yeah. you know, yeah. um, I think it's fun. I think it's fun for me. And it's like, it's constant because every night is somebody different. Somebody may shoot three as well. Somebody may get to the mid range or somebody may be a really good driver and a freak athlete like Zion Williamson or something like that. So um, like it's just a chess match every night. And I think it's fun getting in, involved in that. What's, what's your process for when you know you're going up against one of those players? I mean, are you, you watching tapes? What's, what's your preparation process for that? Yeah, I watch a lot of film. Um, and that's really the biggest thing for me, just watching a lot of film. We do a lot of defensive stuff in practice already, um, but leading into the game, resting my body, and just watching film to see what they like to do, what they don't like to do, um, and ways that, you know, we can make it difficult on them yeah. when, they, when they play against us. You know, Lamar, you've, you've had some, well, one, it sounds like your parents were your ultimate coaches and mentors. Sure. Um, and and that, that's an indicator of who you are and the character that, that you are as a man today. But you've also had some great coaches, mentors along the uh, the way. For our listeners who are, you know, maybe lack traditional coaches, mentors like you've had, what are probably some of the the most valuable leadership principles you've learned that have served you well today? Discipline, hard work, yeah. persistence. What 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 are those, those top three that stand out to you? Uh, I would definitely say discipline is probably my first um, because there's going to be days where you're tired and you don't want to do it, and that's everybody. Um, and I think, you know, having that discipline to still get up and do it every day. Um, and then I think you have to be a hard worker um, just to continue to elevate and to continue to grow. Um, and then the last one I would say is probably like being able to communicate um, with a bunch of different with a bunch of different people um, and being able to relate to them and know who you could talk to a certain type of way and yeah. how to get the best out of this person versus that person. So Did, the, the, the best leaders I've ever served with knew how to switch up their communication style, depending on who they were talking to. Yeah. But yeah, and you, you also just sort of brought up empathy yeah. is key to, uh, to communication as well. Putting yourself sure. in, in the shoes of the people that you're talking to and trying to understand what they're, uh, they're, they're feeling. 
Um, you know, one of the questions we ask on this show, um, and you are far from it, but sometimes I interview guests in their uh, 60s, 70s, uh, where they know they're on the latter half of their life. For you, when all is said and done and that time's come, let's say 80 years from now, yeah. uh, you know, 70 years from now, God willing, uh, how are you going to look back on your life and measure whether Lamar lived a life of impact and of service to others? Uh, I think I'll measure my life just probably by the relationships that I've built. Um, you know, the genuine relationships that I'll be able to still have and people that I was able to impact, you know, in my community, you know, and, and just in life. So I think that's probably what brings me like the most joy being able to help somebody else. So as long as I, I can say that, you know, I've impacted, I don't, even if it's three people, I feel like it would, I'll be feel really good about that. I, I love that you just said that it, it sounds like quality over quantity. Yeah. And I know in an age where, you know, social media is about quantity, not sure. necessarily the, the quality of relationship. Yeah. Well, Lamar, I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. I'm excited to, to watch you on the, uh, the court, the intensity and, uh, you know, the hard work and, and the way you dedicate yourself and sacrifice for the team, I think is something that every young man and woman should watch right. and, and take away from you. And the fact, again, that you have impacted and created part of history, this young junkyard dog mentality is, uh, I'm, I'm taking back, man. I'm 44 and I've worked for some great organizations and I've never seen somebody with your tenure come in and impact an organization the way you have. So congrats on that, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. This has been the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and pick up a new issue of Men's Journal Magazine. Men's Journal Magazine has features on health and fitness, adventure and travel, style, and my favorite, the coolest gear hitting the market today. Until next time, I'm Mike Sorelli, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.